Hello, and I think we're live. So hello and welcome to today's webinar, uh, running successful virtual and hybrid internal company meetings hosted on the Glissa platform. Thank you to everyone who's tuning in live and also to those that are watching on demand. My name is Dan Assaw and I'll be your host for the next 45 minutes. Uh, I'm based in the UK. My panelists are all based in America, but as ever, it's always good to know where everyone is watching from. So if you can please let us know, there should be a um, an option for you to, to, to add in where you're from. Um, please also feel free to ask any questions to the panelists as we go along, and I would do my best to present them um, accordingly. So without further ado, let me introduce the panel. And I'm going to say first up, very warm, very warm welcome to R.D. Whitney. Hello, R.D. Good morning. Good afternoon, everyone. How are you today? Great. How are you doing, Dan? Good. I'm okay. So R.D. is the co-founder and director of the Virtual Events Institute. And more recently, he founded the Community Leaders Institute, whose mission is to help leverage the power of your community to convert your prospects and casual website visitors into active, engaged, paid community members. So welcome, RD. Next is Valerie Bihet. Hello, Valerie. Can we see Valerie? Hello, everybody. How are yeah. you? I'm okay. Nice to see you, Valerie. So Valerie's the owner of the Vibe Agency, which specializes in corporate event planning and destination management services. And last but not least, our third panelist is Courtney Dagger. Hello, Courtney. Hi, everyone. Nice to be here. So welcome. Courtney is the manager of global events content programming at HubSpot, which helps companies build remarkable customer experiences with a CRM platform that's designed for scale. So welcome to my prestigious panel. Thank you very much for being here today. So um, before we, we get the panelists talking, um, we also would like to ask the audience a question, people that are watching live. So the question is this, are your internal company meetings more or less likely to be fully physical over the next 12 months? And you can select some options, more likely, less likely, or not sure. So that's, are your internal company meetings more or less likely to be fully physical over the next 12 months? And we will put those responses up um, in a few minutes time. So without further ado, first question for the panel. So panelists, obviously there's been the lifting of many COVID restrictions um, around the world and the return of employees to the physical office and attendees to physical events. I'd like to start with discussing what we think the main benefits are in continuing to run in-house company meetings in a virtual or hybrid environment. And RD, I'd like to start with you, please. Oh, sure, Dan. Um, well, I think the most obvious one is really tied to what we're seeing right now in the overall economy, which is the great resignation. Um, you know, companies that don't feel the flexibility and the connection with the um, employer or the organization are just simply quitting. Um, and the number one currency for companies to be successful, obviously, is talent. So um, we got very used to the remote uh, work uh, environment uh, during the pandemic. And as offices are opening up and deciding what their um, meetings look like, um, employees are, are, are demanding uh, flexibility to either work remote or in office or a combination of the two. So it's absolutely essential for a company to uh, continue to do that if they can. Sure. Thank you. And, and same question to you, Valerie, in, t in terms of us, you know, going back as employees, going back to an office. Obviously, we've run these virtual hybrid events over the last 12 to 18 months. Um, um, long may that continue? Yeah, so definitely um, 
benefits still is a cost associated uh, for the budget of the event. It's true that uh, a virtual or hybrid event can sometimes cost a little bit less money than in-person event. Uh, flexibility, as RD was mentioning, broader outreach, uh, definitely. Um, the, the fact that we measure a lot of uh, the results with the technology available. Um, so I think that even if uh, in-person are coming back, hybrid, uh, hybrid events are coming back, technology and measurable results, KPIs is important. Uh, we have sometimes higher participation rate um, engagement. Uh, it's forced also the organizer to think about the content, to have a very good content for your event and uh, time efficient, I would say. Those sure, are the thank you. Thank you. We're, we're going to another round robin of benefits in a minute as well. But same question um, to Courtney. Um, benefits of continuing with virtual and hybrid from a company meeting perspective. Definitely. I think just echoing everything else that's been said, one of the big things in my mind that, you know, we certainly have learned on the HubSpot side uh, in the past kind of year and a half to working on two years is the fact that you're kind of meeting people where they are. So, um, you know, HubSpot made a really smart decision when this all came down where we already had a fairly robust remote work uh, employee base. And once kind of COVID forced, not forced the issue, but made it something that was more top of mind for a lot of people, the company really leaned in into setting up policies across the board, but especially when it came to internal meetings and the rest that um, made it so that this was a permanent choice that we were making and it wasn't sort of a reactive choice. And I think that's just really important moving forward. I think most companies will find, you know, of course, there's a couple where remote work is impossible, but Generally speaking, what I'm seeing and what all of my colleagues are seeing is that remote work is here to stay. So setting up policies, again, across the board, but specifically when it comes to your internal meetings uh, and other events is really essential now because you want to be as inclusive as possible. And that's just one other thing I'll say. I think the biggest thing that has been a learning for me is that in working on virtual events, all of, the, all of the sudden you have way more people who felt left out before or felt like they weren't able to travel to certain places or the rest who now can enjoy the event as well. So your reach is much wider and also more accessible. And that's really important going into this year and beyond. Thank you. And RD, again, if we're, if we're talking about practical benefits um, uh, of virtual or hybrid in terms of in-house company meetings, so if we take like a, an all-hands meeting, uh, town hall meeting. Um, can you, in your opinion, just espouse those benefits for people to continuing to do that on a, in a virtual or hybrid environment? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it needs you need that feeling of in, inclusive you know, connectiveness. Um, and in some cases, um, you know, so that's a lot of your talent can't come into the office because they have um, maybe maybe there's disrupted uh, daycare or or something like that. Um, so how can you have a meeting without the whole team? Uh, how could how could you even um, exist with the whole team? So I think the organizations that are demanding, uh, and it was kind of more early on, demanding that everybody comes back in person um, are have their heads in the sand a bit. Um, the companies that like HubSpot, that, uh, that, that sounds like very much leaned into this, they're finding that they're going to just attract much in, uh, better talent. I... Um, I, I, there's another just really obvious benefit here too. I, Courtney and I are both in the Boston area and the, 
Boston Paper, uh, when they were when companies were starting to think about coming back, um, and uh, you know what that was going to look like, it, there was an article about Raytheon uh, literally selling off uh, a lot of their commercial real estate. Um, uh, so, so it's happening. It's, it's not. It's not even a question of if the companies can and should run virtual remote meetings, uh, hybrid meetings. They have to. Um, I mean, think yeah, about they're... think about the cost savings of remote of 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 a Raytheon, and that's a defense company. So if they can do it, and the most critical uh, you know uh, cybersecurity issues, and probably in the some in the world, um, anybody can do it. Sure, thank you. And um, Valerie, back to you with with regards to you know in-house company meetings. There could be sales meetings, product launches, obviously town hall, even sort of seasonal parties. Um, just put forward some, some additional benefits uh, of running those in a virtual or a hybrid environment, please. I think really the benefits, I mentioned them before, and I think this is what companies are really looking for right now. Uh, I just have a case study. We, we are running a virtual sales, national sales meetings. Uh, last year was completely uh, virtual. Uh, we just did it this year again, and it was virtual. And uh, the company say, you know, we have 96% satisfaction rate right now. And I say, okay, but now that we can go back more in person, are you considering to go to this national sales meeting in 2022 fully in person or a hybrid portion? And right now what I hear, they say, Valerie, we might do a hybrid portion, but we definitely want to keep the virtual component of it because we have been very successful because our audience uh, was happy and our sales because kpi our sales were backed up to the roof so we need to continue to do it like that thank you and um courtney do you think there are any in-house company meetings that don't lend themselves to be virtual or in a hybrid environment that's a good question i think it really depends on the company and it depends on what your employees are looking for and asking for i think a big thing about all of this is that you know, this whole experience and sort of the rise of remote work has really um, put companies to the test, but also employees on what, how do you best perform? What are you really looking for? So, for example, again, I'm going back to HubSpot because that's my, you know, current experience. But, you know, we were presented with the options of either selecting at the start of the year, being fully remote, flex, which means that we'd come into the office two, two or three days a week or fully in office. And I think that was a really interesting sort of temperature check um, that the company took to get an understanding of what the appetite was. I'm actually looking at the results of this poll here and it looks like we're kind of all over the place in terms of, you know, our company meeting is gonna be more sure. or less, or yeah. And I think that reflects a lot of things. So when it comes down to it, I think there's really no, you know, easy answer. It's more about just having a really honest conversation with your employee base about what they're looking for and then doing it in the most you know, safe, effective way possible. I'll also add that I actually had the pleasure of interviewing Sadal Neely, um, who is a researcher, lecturer over at Harvard Business School just a couple of weeks ago at our, our big event, Inbound. And Sadal is actually the author of a book that I recommend everybody reads. It's called Remote Work Revolution. It just came out a couple of months ago. But Sadal spent, you know, years researching remote work going all the way back kind of to the early uh, 20th century. And she just has a lot of really interesting insights in there that I think would be especially helpful for this group of people who are thinking about internal company meetings and events, 
because a lot of it is about what I was just speaking to, which is intentionality. There is, um, you know, there's just this attitude out there. And I think a lot of places of like, oh, well, we have to get through this period. And that's just not the case. Like, you know, the world, we're not going back. <laughs> and the world has just been changed so drastically, very quickly, but that doesn't mean it's going to reverse. So I think that, you know, bringing an intentional mindset, really doing the work with your employee base, doing the work yourself to see what makes the most sense is really important rather than con like continually kind of to react to what's the changing of everything. Sure. Thank you. And you, you referenced the, the first poll that I put up and it'd be useful just to have a look at those results. And from what I can see, uh, and the question we asked was, are your internal company meetings more or less likely to be fully physical over the next 12 months? And 45% have said more likely to be physical. RD, does that surprise you? Or do you think that's just a symptom of where we're at? No, it doesn't surprise me. I think I think we're opening up more and more. Um, and I think there is a desire for people to get together. We're human beings. Sure. And, and, uh, um, and, and particularly when there are meetings that require, I mean, that benefit from serendipity or the touch and feel and experiential components of it. I, I think, you know, the in-office meetings, the shareholder meetings, all the different types of meetings like that, they, um, they parallel what we're seeing in the event space, right? I mean, uh, there are benefits to the virtual. We get large lead leads, um, people that we never probably would have got before. Um, but we're all craving and missing the face-to-face. -face. Um, and I think the same exact thing exists in the office environment. So, but I just think the point is I, I once, you know, I, I joked that once I flew to Las Vegas from Boston <laughs> to meet someone for lunch and I flew back that day. And, yeah. you know, one of the things we don't talk about that much is, the carbon footprint, um, you know, just how horrible that absolutely is. And I will never do it again because I would flip open a Zoom and I would have a meeting with them and get just as much done. There are some meetings that are totally appropriate and better uh, virtual. Um, and then there are some that just benefit so much from being face to face in live, live in person. Sure. Thank you. So um, we're going to ask the, a second question to the to the audience. And it's this. What types of internal company meetings do you expect to hold virtually or as a hybrid in the next 12 months? So that's what types of internal company meetings do you expect to hold virtually or as a hybrid in the next 12 months? And you've got a selection there, ranging from Christmas parties, sales meetings, town hall product updates and others. So we look forward to, um, to having a look at the responses to that question. Moving back on to the next question for the panel, and I'll come to you first, Valerie. Um, how do we ensure that both the physical and virtual attendees get the best experience? I would say that you need to take a step back and put your shoes in what your audience will experience, what your physical audience will experience and what the virtual audience will experience. When you design all that and then you need to try to build a bridge between those two audiences to make sure that none, one of them will let, be left over. So we just did an hybrid um, event for um, a marketing meeting and communication meeting. And when you think about how my in-person audience will be able to connect with a virtual audience, you need to make sure that you have mobile friendly app uh, platform uh, in order to make sure that at some point your in-person audience will be able to connect with the virtual audience and vice versa. You need to make sure that, for example, to play some camera, PTZ camera, to make sure that the audience will be able, uh, the virtual audience will be able to see the room and to feel included in the room, as well as if you can, 
to make sure that the in-person audience will be able to see sometime your virtual audience. And uh, like that, you will create, you need to build those bridge. You need to think about having a content that will be at some point for both of them and at some point maybe for your in-person and for your um, virtual audience. Like, you know, when you think about a master of ceremony, you might need a master of ceremony to be the glue definitely for the event. But at some point, you need to have maybe a second master of ceremony for the virtual audience and then to glue all the bridge. I think this is very important. Thank you. And Courtney, I guess same question to you. There's there's a lot of, and also there's a lot of discussion that I see on various channels about the, the need, the desire to have two teams. So one team at the physical event and one team on virtual. Would you agree with that? And, and sort of what other what other suggestions would you have? Definitely. So we are still all virtual, um, but we're looking at ideally 2022, we're going to be moving into that hybrid model. So I'm where really everyone else is right now, because I'll be really, you know, it's great to hear from Valerie, because I'll be really candid. I have yet to hear of anyone having a super successful hybrid event yet. I think they're challenging. They're hard. I think the more that we can own that and know that we're kind of working against uh, a really tall order, um, the easier it makes all of our lives. And I think it comes down to kind of practicing and practicing. And like Valerie's saying, it's getting out there and doing it, making sure there's a connection and it's remembering the small things. So um, I recently was just reminded because I happened to be in person in the office for one thing the other day with a lot of people who were online um, and you know joining us over video conference. And I forgot because there was a couple of us in the office talking while people were on camera and they stopped us and said, we can't really hear when you're chatting among each other in the room. And it's really kind of disorienting for all of us on camera. And it was such an aha moment because I remembered that from back, back when we were in the office really consistently before most people went remote and we went through COVID. Um, but it's just one very small example of the fact that you really, really, I think, have to kind of take a building block approach when you're talking about hybrid meetings and look and analyze and experiment with every little piece because I think it's really easy, especially in the hybrid setting for your remote employees who are joining over video conference or over over phone for them to feel isolated or feel like they're not included and then just to tune out. Because I would actually say, I was, as we've been talking about everything, that's another thing as well that is one thing you're working against in the virtual setting that's a little bit harder when you're in person. When you have an in-person company meeting and everyone's there, it's a little bit harder for people to get up and sort of leave or completely yeah. zone out. I mean, of course they can zone out while they're there, but their physical bodies are still there. When you're in a virtual setting, it you are fighting with every single distraction out there. Someone's laundry's going off, they have food being delivered, they maybe have kids or animals or a spouse. And you want your content to be especially engaging and really kind of continuously encouraging them to be in the moment because they have a lot of things going on that if they're not feeling included, they can basically just check out and you lose them. Sure, thank you. And RD, so we, we just asked the question about the types of um, internal company meetings that people expect to hold virtually or hybrid. And at the top, maybe not unsurprisingly 27% town hall or all hands company meetings. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you've got staff in various locations and part of them, um, you know, are, are in person, a part of virtually, uh, on a, in a virtual environment, how would you suggest that you ensure that the attendees get the best experience in, in those two environments at the same time? 
Yeah. Um, so I think there can be no advantage or disadvantage, whether you're in inside the company, listening to the meeting live in person, or you are or you are participating virtually. Look, I mean, this all comes down to the war for talent. It comes down to, you know, giving your employees the flexibility to be anywhere, anywhere and, and get the best attendees, no matter I get the best uh, employees, no matter where they're where they are. Um, so we can't have them be at a disadvantage. That with that uh, that uh, sort of inside talk and whisper talk that might be going on in meetings, you have to get the technology so consistent and simple that everybody feels the same. And and I think we're getting there. I, I think that that's very possible. Uh, if companies lean into this, they can take the time and care to make sure that the external um, employees, the ones um, listening remote, have the same exact experience internally. Um, and and they need to really emphasize that. Um, you know, it's not that necessarily that an, uh, an employee be listening in virtually because that's, you know, what they chose to do uh, with their schedule. Maybe they have an appointment that day. Maybe they're visiting a sale, they're a client, which we want our employees out on the road doing. Um, so um, for all different reasons and for the nimbleness and flexibility of the company, you want that to be the same experience. I remember before COVID, you know, when you used to try to listen in on company meetings when you were outside, say on the road for, for sales meeting um, uh, for, and you were calling in, you could often not hear. You couldn't hear because people would be talking away from the, uh, the microphone. Um, that has to change. Sure. Thank you. Um, so we're going to move on. The next question that we've got for, for the audience that are, that are watching live, um, in one word, what is your most challenging KPI to achieve when you're planning internal company meetings? So that's in one word. What is your most challenging KPI to achieve with internal company meetings? And we'll bring that result up as a word cloud in a few minutes. So, Valerie, I'm going to come to you first for the for the next um, part of the discussion, which is called running successful virtual virtual and hybrid internal company meetings. How would you um, endeavour to define success, Valerie, in, in this context? So you've run an event, you've run an all, all hands meeting or, or a seasonal party. How do you go about defining success of one of those? Um, <clears throat> definitely is all the feedback that you will have from your audience. But as an event planner, uh, we measure everything on a few things first. The technology, um, how did it work and everything. And you start uh, with the engagement. We measure success on the engagement. If the audience was engaged, all that. Uh, we make sure really to capture usually to more a larger audience, more than an individual at the same time. And then we have feedback from them. We, we do survey, we do polls, we check after also with our client and we do uh, what worked, what didn't work, what can we improve. And we step stage everything from all the pre-event portion, rehearsal, uh, everything that is happening during the event, and then all the post-event. So we measure all that, how many people came, how many people did we invite, how many people came, what, what did they watch, how long did they stay. So we have a lot of KPIs to measure all that, and this is what how we measure the success with our events with our clients. And then client to clients, we adapt, we adjust, we check before what are the KPI that they would like to have to measure the success of their event. And then also we give them different suggestions. 
Thank you. And same question to you, Courtney. And you can possibly see the word cloud that's come up and you can see the strength of some of those words. Um, it, it, you've obviously just, I know it's it, not necessarily a company meeting, but you just come off the back of uh, your big inbound event. Mm -hmm. So it'd be interesting to understand what you uh, planned before in terms of the success metrics. So, and then understand, you know, how you measure against those afterwards. Definitely. Well, I think Valerie just named really all of them because when it comes down to it, at least for us, when we're talking about inbound, which if you're not familiar, is HubSpot's largest um, event that they host every year. It's more of an industry event, so it's not just for our customers or our partners. We have plenty of people come from around the world who've never even heard of HubSpot before. Um, and that's because the core of our event is education and inspiration. So we have some really great speakers and content. Um, and so that's when we're talking about KPIs. Again, Valerie kind of laid a lot of these out. So you're looking at exactly that, the technology. You're you're trying to have measure how effective was our tech. Um, you know, when if you're doing anything that's live and requiring video production, I think that's another piece of that. And you're measuring that. And that's obviously another challenge too, especially when you're working with speakers from all over the world with different setups, different Wi-Fi. Um, we also do a lot of assessment of our content, like I said, because that's at the heart of most of our events. So we're, you know, looking and kind of judging content year over year, event over event. Um, and the one other thing that I would say that, again, I think is just worth saying, because we're talking about what is a successful virtual and hybrid, you know, internal company meeting or event, something across the board that I'd be really interested to hear the other panelists thoughts on or anybody in the audience that we've found that all of our industry partners who are running major events you know, around the world have said as well, is that NPS scores have gone down drastically when we've gone online. So what I'm really curious about, because that's sort of been, there's like the marker of all of the, the, the NPS marker that everyone had when we were in person. And then slowly it became realization when we went online, the NPS marker when you have a virtual event. And I, again, I'd love to hear what my other panelists have to say about that. But my point there is I'm very curious in the, our next year, because we'll be going on into this kind of hybrid world. What does that mean when it comes to our metrics? Are we going to be really continually having our audience judge our events by our the in-person standards? Or are we going to finally get away from that and get into a place where people are truly evaluating virtual events on virtual events merit? Um, so that's one other thing I'd say, just because I think that's a really interesting thing that's popped up that's been talked about a lot across the industry in the past two years. Sure, thank you. And and over to you, RD. If you know you see the KPIs that people are looking to achieve: participation, engagement, depth, um, revenue. A lot of the words that we we would have seen in previous discussions like this. Mm -hmm. um, so with that in mind, how do we think we ensure that success in terms of engagement uh, at company meetings? What, what sort of things can we do? Yeah, I, I mean, so some measurement um, is, sure. is one and, and measurement is immediately after and also longer term, like did, is the employee frustrated and leaves the company? Um, you know, to Courtney's point there, I, I um, you know, so we're the Community Leaders Institute, we're running our first uh, in real life event. I, I do want to call it in real life because <laughs> Face to face is, you know, we're face to face right now, you know. Um, but um, I love that in real life. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else to call it. But we're going. We're going to the Memphis Convention Center in April, and we're not. We're not going to do a hybrid element to it. Um, 
because we want that to be an intimate experience and we want you to have FOMO if you're not there. Um, now, uh, as far as, you know, engagement levels and NPS, I, I'll give you one great example. Um, the Virtual Events Institute's online training program has off the charts uh, net promoter scores, but that is in a Netflix style learning mode, right? So you're going to watch it when you want. You're going to take that course how you want, when you want. You're going you're gonna to then take a quiz to make sure you've consumed that properly. And you're going to get all the way to the end, just like running a, a 5K uh, a race. Uh, you know, you're going to get uh, recognition at the end. You're going you're gonna to be indicated that you finished. Um, so um, I'm, not so, um, I'm not so bullish on the idea of putting a camera on a, on a live, on a in real life experience. I like the idea of capturing the education and, and turning it into uh, a, a year round community where there's continuous learning and measurement of the learning. Sure. Thank you. I'm going to take a question about, um, from the from the audience that are listening. Valerie, I'll, I'll, I'll position this to you if that's okay. So one question that's come in is, what is the biggest mistake you are seeing people make in their virtual hybrid events? And then how would you suggest correcting that? Sorry to put you on the spot, but <laughs> perhaps you've got a view. Um. I will say first, educate yourself, uh, talk with people, uh, learn from other people, other industry, the type of event that they have done and check um, what mistake they encounter. Definitely technology is difficult, engagement. Um, so you need to learn from your peers. You need to, uh, I, I do with a lot of people, I just do like, uh, business best share practice and I share yeah. what I've, I've encountered myself, how did I fix it? Because with all that now and all the knowledge that we have, basically this will help you to make things better. We are all human and mistakes is, uh, is belong to us and everything. We just need to try to control all the mistakes. We, for all our events, we do risk assessments before in advance. And, you know, like when I started in hybrid event, my challenge was how to make sure and to ensure the safety of my in-person audience. What did I do? I certify myself as a COVID compliance officer and I apply a lot of things to make sure that the audience will be safe. So, you know, and lucky wise, you know, we did a risk assessment. I know where were my challenges, what I have to overcome. I find solution to make sure that they will be safe. And guess what? We had three, the last three hybrid events we had, we had zero COVID case compliance reported after. So, you know, talk with people, see what they have done, learn from them, don't be afraid. I think this is important to do all these type of things, in my opinion. Sure, thank you. Um, and back to you, Courtney, in terms of other practical considerations that planners um might implement to improve success metrics what other things can we really we look at i know in our pre-chat you spoke about accessibility uh maybe language that sort of thing can you maybe sort of expand on those absolutely yes so that's been a really big learning for for our team in the past couple of years which is that going online we got a lot of feedback that i really had you know i'm embarrassed to say i'd never thought of which is that our event previously had involved people from flying in from all over the world to be in Boston together, um, you know, in a physical space location, quite large, lots of walking and all the rest. And we got, we, when we went online first in 2020, in 2020, 
we got the feedback, which was so interesting from a lot of people who said, I'm so excited inbound is finally more accessible because I wasn't able to fly to Boston for a variety of reasons. It could be, you know, monetary based or it could just be um, different limitations and things there. And it was just just kind of opened up a whole new world that believe me, I'm still very new to. I'm trying to listen and learn as much as I can. But around the fact that we have a really unique opportunity for all events, but specifically, especially when we're doing virtual meetings or events to make them as accessible as possible for our employees and our attendees. So again, I'm very much still learning, but I think there's, you know, we were lucky enough to have um, disability rights activist, Judith Human, if anybody's familiar with Judith's work, speak at the most recent inbound. If you don't know who Judith is, you should look Judith up because she's absolutely amazing and has done remarkable things. And I, you know, got to have some one-on-one -on -one time with her and I already learned a lot around, you know, the fact uh, of captioning and, you know, what, what the standards are there and what the expectations are on all meetings. So that's something that I'll be the first to say. I have a team, I have never, up until this point, now I'm going to start asking, I had never thought to even ask if I should be turning on captioning on our, our Zoom meetings or on any of our video meetings, because most, um, technology, that is an option. Um, and that's just one example of how we can sort of shift our mindset and how important that is. So I would say just looking to the future of, you know, the next year, 2022, but really looking to the future and beyond, I think the events that are going to be the most successful are the ones that are doing the work now to see what does it truly mean to be accessible. And again, like I said, I'm very much at the beginning of that journey, but I'm trying as much as I can to soak up all the information to be to be really um to be bringing that to life thank you I mean you make you make some good points and obviously whilst we've all done lots of virtual events over the last 12 months 18 months there's still lots that we're still learning right you know, right exactly <laughs> and Dan Dan you know for example in the virtual world right now there is a lot of progress that has been made also for simultaneous live translation yeah. You know, because accessibility meet different language and everything. And we worked with cooperation where we had Japanese, Chinese, uh, French, Spanish, uh, Brazilian, English. So, so there is a lot of evolution. So, you know, knowing what you know is powerful. Knowing what you don't know is even better. A lot of room for improvement here. <laughs> did you make that up yourself or did you take that from someone else? <laughs> uh, no, I make it up right now. <laughs> That's very good. So, um, RD, so we, we've spoken about how we want to make um, the internal company meetings more of a success. And obviously, tech technology can play a big part in that, right? Mm -hmm. So, But there are lots of solutions out there. And making sure you choose the right technology partner and platform is obviously very important. What do you think are the main considerations that meeting planners should have when making this decision? Yeah, so um, so I, I think you have to you know think about just like every event, you have to think about the components of that event and the in the constituents of that event, and and then plan around it. Um, in in the idea of uh, hybrid um, meetings uh, within the company. I think you know the camera uh, is incredibly important, and there's lots of incredible technologies out there now where the camera will follow the conversation around the room, so that if you're online, you are getting almost the same experience as being in the room and turning your head. Um, I uh, so I think you know the camera, the sound, um, the delivery, 
most companies are going to have some kind of uh, consistent delivery system. Um, and, th and that's important because I think we're all drowning in different gadgets sure. uh, and having to go in. But one thing I want to say about technology, I, I think, you know, there's a lot of bad things about COVID, obviously, uh, but there were some good things. I mean, it was a good year to there was a billboard uh, that showed a, a teenager with braces with a mask on. And it said it was a great year to get braces, but it was a it was a good year for some technologies that can really add productivity into the meeting. For example, think about all the um, vir uh, virtual meetings that we are on that has transcript uh, ability, right? And then you apply a little bit of uh, artificial intelligence to that and you can have very smart indexing. So long, <laughs> so here comes accountability, right? So you used to sit in company meetings sometimes and it would be blah, 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 and nothing would get done unless maybe at some times they would have a minute taker and people would get assigned action items. Well, the accountability is gonna be there now because there's going to be a transcript associated with the meeting with smart indexing, with action items pointed out, probably emailed directly to you um, with deadlines put on some type of a chart. Um, so the technology implications into the hybrid meetings um, are gonna add so much, uh, yeah, the productivity gains are gonna be in incredible. Thank you. And um, same question to you, Courtney, in terms of uh, technology and the provider that we use, what are the what would you say are the, the considerations of most importance in that respect when a when a plan is making that decision? Well, again, I think it comes down to what you're trying to do. So I think that there's a lot of different great technology platforms out there. Um, I'll say that for us specifically when it comes to our external events, so inbound and the other events that I work on, we actually built our own proprietary software. Um, that is a solution that a lot of people are not able to do, but it just made sense for us and what we were trying to do. But I think things that I would think about is sort of the core areas of meetings. So, you know, you have like, what are you trying to accomplish in your meeting? Is it information sharing and it's going to be really presentation heavy and you want to make sure people are engaged in retaining that information? Is it meant to be more, um, you know, networking focused with group work and socialization and trying to achieve that, if not quite a party, but more of that feeling of people are together and they're talking and they're having that interaction? Um, or is it meant to be sort of a combo of those two? So I think starting there really helps you when you start assessing what technology makes the most sense because different tech out there is better at different parts. So I think if you come up with the realization, wow, I really just want people to have an excellent networking experience with their fellow employees that, and you realize that you're using tech that, you know, they really excel on um, the content sharing side in terms of slides and engagement, but they don't really have a great networking functionality, you probably want to go back and evaluate if you're actually working with the best partner. So that's that's sort of how we start with everything. And I would recommend people do that process. Again, it's coming back to what I've been saying throughout, which is intentionality. I think the biggest mistake, and again, I, I've already mentioned um, Sadal Nili, but I'll bring her up again. She's really that influential and just fascinating in this space. The biggest mistake everyone has made not just all of us you know event meeting planners and all of this is reacting to the situation we found ourselves in with the rise of covid versus intentionally examining everything we do and starting to make decisions and processes that reflect our intentional choices to, to go a certain direction so i would say what are those situations in your own company and business what have you just said okay we'll we'll go with that we i don't have time to focus on that 
and that's still in place, like now is the time as we move into 2022 to look at that and say, okay, is that actually still holding up or do I want to change that because I have a different vision for the future? Sure. Thank you. And, and Valerie, I guess you'd agree that it obviously comes back to, you know, what type of meeting you're putting on, what, what you want to achieve from it when you're looking for a, a technology provider. In your experience, how have you gone about that selection process? Yeah, uh, definitely the objective of the meeting, what you are looking uh, to get out of it. Um, so in, identify all the different options and in order after that to identify the best technology. But definitely, I think right now, as we are going towards hybrid option, to make sure that it's easy, mobile friendly, uh, it's very important. Um, to make sure that you will be able to switch your event format because you know the the flexibility and everything right now in this world i think you you can switch easily all your event format um definitely to make sure to test the technology to rehearse with the technology to make sure you prepare all the speakers uh, with the video and not only now digital what's going on in the hybrid world how you will talk also to the audience in hybrid in front of you and then the audience also online so you need to do all these type of things and really i think think about what is the meeting for you need to think like a storyteller you know why are we able to watch a television show for like 45 minutes an hour an hour and a half and why people are telling you that online digitally they are tired with virtual meeting and everything. So think like a storyteller, engage with your audience and really be audience centric. Mm -hmm. You need, it's not about you, it's about them. It's about your audience. It's about what they are expecting. So don't do, you know, you need to rethink all that. And we repeat and we repeat that maybe for the last two years, but these are the key success uh, to make sure that you will have a great, virtual and hybrid event in my opinion thank you well so we're, we're almost out of time i've just got another question that, that's come in here rd i'll start with you i mean do you think there are any industries that um lend themselves more or or less towards doing these sort of in-house company meetings in a hybrid format and virtual yeah, format? yeah definitely Sort of yeah, not knowledge worker um, settings are obvious, obvious for the, uh, the hybrid uh, work. And, and, and your point is your question really raises the point that, you know, if you if you're a, a meat process, uh, packaging processor, um, you know, and you're trying to teach training, hands on training, obviously it's going to be difficult to do um, in, in a hybrid set setting. So I think that things that uh, involve require experiential and require um, uh, serendipity. Um, are best for um, the in real life experience. Uh, but everything else, things that can be hybrid, should be hybrid to provide the flexibility for your, your viewer or customer or employee, um, just as Valerie said. Sure, and, and Valerie, centric. thank you. Would you concur with that in terms of the industries that you've worked in? Do you think there are some industries that don't lend themselves to this format from a company uh, perspective? Uh, definitely. You know, when you think about a company like Microsoft or IBM, they were doing already a lot of virtual events and potentially also hybrid events. Um, I've been lucky because we pivoted a lot of our clients who were not at all in virtual hybrid events at all, uh, like a lot in cosmetics, in luxury brand. It was a more in-person event. 
But you know, I will tell you one thing. We are all we all hear about the word digital transformation. We all have hear about companies that they were going, okay, we need to do our digital transformation. Okay. They were doing it internally. It was a necessity. The retail is going through a huge digital transformation. Okay. But you know what? The event industry were never talking about their own digital transformation for our business, for our speciality. And basically what COVID did, it, it was a hurricane in the life of event planner, in-house event planner or independent event planner like me. And we had to go through our own digital transformation for our industry. Absolutely. Thank you so much. We are out of time, unfortunately, and I know you're all very busy people. So I'm going to say thank you to my panelists. Thank you to everyone that's watching live and on demand. Do head over to Glissa for updates on their event tech platform and future events. So once again, thank you, RD Whitney of the Community Leaders Institute, Valerie Bihet of Vibe Agency and Courtney Dagger of HubSpot. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Dan. Bye, Dan. We love you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>